So, Courtney and I would like to know, are you still interested in weight loss? So, if, if you are, well, put it this way. We've changed our lives, have we? Yes. We have? Would you say that we've changed the lives of others? Yes. Would you say we've done it by doing things that the weight loss industry doesn't actually want you to know about? Yes. So, things like, well, you know, meal plans, not around here. No. Do we do marathon gym routines? No. Do we count calories? No. Okay. Um, do we do and focus on dieting? This is a diet-free zone. A diet-free zone? Yes. What about meal replacements and detoxes? No, we're free of those two. Okay. Could I interest you in bullshit gimmicks that make you hate life? Definitely not. What about cutting out different types of food groups and different color foods? No, we are a diet-free zone. <laughs> we are indeed a diet-free zone. So would you agree then, Courtney, that we help people when it comes down to it by changing their habits? Yes, absolutely. We talk about habits all the time. Habits can completely change the way that you look. You look at food, you think about food, you think and you do your exercise. So it's common to think that good nutrition is about the food. It's actually about the habits. Mm -hmm. So if you change a person's habits, you will change the person. How do we know this? Because we did it. Exactly. We've done it. Uh, and now, if you are interested in weight loss yourself and really taking control and turning your life around for the first time now in what has to be at least 16 months, we're opening new spots for clients. Yes. Big lot all at one time. For, for, finally. Yes. It's been quite a while now. So we now have uh, officially 10 spots that we've opened up, only 10. For anyone anywhere in the world who's ready to be taken by the hand and guided through a life-changing transformation by us. Yes. Using none of, the, none of the gimmicks we just spoke about. No, not one. So there's a catch though. We don't just work with anyone. So we are very selective and we know who we work best with because we need to be able to relate to that person. Absolutely. So ideally, you should be able to relate to the following problems, shall we say. So if you've struggled with your weight for way too long and you've gone around in circles, then we'd like to hear from you. If you've got lingering injuries or conditions that you think are an obstacle to your success, we'd like to hear from you. If you've struggled to prioritize yourself and you find putting yourself first really, really hard and really challenging, even though you know you need to do it, we'd like to hear from you. If you've thrown a lot of money at diets, ineffective PT programs and gimmicks with no return on investment, but you are ready to invest in the best investment in the world, which is what? Yourself. Yourself. <laughs> yep. We would like to hear from you. If you are scared and intimidated by the big gym environment, but over time you'd like to learn and develop the confidence to walk into any gym and just smash it, knowing what you're doing and get out of there and live your life, we want to hear from you because we work well with that type of a person. But also finally, if you struggle with time management and you're scared that you just don't have the time to lose the weight even though you want to, we want to hear from you. Does that sound reasonable, Courtney? I think so. Great. So if this is you, then we want to hear from you. We would encourage you to go to online.totaltransformations.com.au Pop your details in there at the bottom of the page and answer all the questions that you get asked on page two. Answer the questions in as much detail as possible. Tell us everything. Tell us your life story because the more we know about you, the more we're able to tell you know, who you are, where you've come from, where you want to head to. But also most importantly, above anything else, it gives us the idea if we can genuinely help you change because we're not going to waste our time or your money if we know we can't help you. Mm. So that website is online.totaltransformations.com.au. Pop your details in there. If we think we're able to help you and we can really you know, assist you in making a life-changing transformation, we'll be in touch and we will go from there. The only catch is we're looking to start these 10 new clients by the 11th of June. So it needs to be people who are ready to get stuck into it and get stuck into it soon. So if this is you, talk to us and let's get this show on the road. Yeah. I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. 
every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and next to me as always is Matt. Howdy. And today we are doing part two of my struggles list. Yeah, so in our last episode, uh, Courtney spent a bit of time telling us how perfect she is <laughs> and how easy she has lost all the weight and turned her life around and how she makes no mistakes. So Courtney, just roll on with it, bro. Like, yeah. Tell us how good you are. We're going to continue on with that sort of theme. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I put together a list of struggles, things that I struggled with, things that I might still struggle with. Matt did his list quite a few episodes ago so it was my turn to do my list but we talked too much um, last week's episode so we had to split it into two parts so I highly recommend you go and check out last week's episode if you have not because this week's episode will make a whole lot more sense It'll if context. you listen to last week's episode first. But what she's actually saying is go back and listen to every episode. Absolutely. So we did my first three struggles last week, so we are up to struggle number four. As a quick recap, the three that Courtney spoke about last week were the fact that she hates working out. I'm sure you've never heard her say that before. No, that's a new one. New, breaking news. <laughs> the, the second struggle she spoke about was emotional eating, uh, which was a big chunk of the episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, followed by what Courtney calls proximity eating. Yes. Uh, that uh, rounded out the, the emotional eating side of things and went into a whole new type of discussion. Yes. So we did run long and we thought rather than put you to sleep, we just make a second episode. And you know what? If she babbles through this again like she did last time, it'll be a three-parter. Yes. All right? <laughs> I'm going to try and make sure that that does not happen. But I think when you look at definitely the emotional eating and the proximity eating topics from last week's episode, they're, they're quite big topics to discuss. So rather than just sort of glance over them, we did have a really good conversation about them. So it was well worth it. Well, it's not going to change today. We're going to dive into this because in the end, it's not helpful, you know, unless you really flesh this out. Awkward silence. Oh, I thought you were still speaking. No. It didn't sound like that, the end of a sentence. It sounded like like the middle of a sentence. No, that was me stopping so you could speak. Oh, sorry. It didn't sound like you were finishing speaking. That's okay. It's our first time doing a podcast, so, you know, rookie error. We'll get there. Another 100 episodes or so, we'll nail it down. I think we do pretty well considering. Those of you listening, you obviously don't know, but where we record our podcast, Matt and I don't actually face each other. So we're not looking at each other while we're speaking. So we only can pick up on cues in their, each other's voices as to when we think that they're finishing their point so then the next person can start. So miss that one. I missed that, that little point, um, that cue, but I'll do better in the future. I'm sorry, was that the end of it? Is it my turn now? Yeah. Anyway... We're getting sidetracked and I'm wasting my precious time talking about myself. So, um, Wow. So enough, enough about me. Let's talk more about me. So Matt, why don't we talk about struggle number four? Complacency. Complacency. What do you mean by this? Complacency has always been a big struggle of mine ever since I met Matt and I started to change my eating habits, changed my workout routine. It was all going really well. You mean well. actually do workouts? I was, yeah, I was actually working out. I actually had some structure and I was starting to do really well and I was starting to see some really great results. And I was actually surprisingly starting to see some, some results fairly quickly. The problem with, with that for me becomes I get excited by the results that I see and then I start to celebrate too early. So I take the foot off the pedal because I say, oh my God, look what I've done. And then complacency creeps in because I start to allow habits that I have been working to, to overturn 
creep back in. So I say, you know, just I'll just have one of those. It won't hurt me because look how good I've done recently. Or, you know, I'll have, yeah, I can, you know, have ice cream after dinner tonight, even though I had it the last three nights after dinner. But look how good I've done so far. So I deserve to have that. You know, those are the sort of things that would would start to creep in for me. And obviously what would happen would be that I would start to go backwards. So those excellent results that I had seen would slowly fade away. So by the time I came to the next time that I took photos of myself to measure my progress or something like that, I had made no changes or sometimes even gone backwards. So that has happened to me more than once over the years. And it is something that I have always sort of struggled with and definitely have to be mindful of when I get good results to not let the foot off the pedal and to say to myself, okay, is there something else I need to aim for now? So especially as well when I would reach my goal. So I'd reach a goal and then I would take the foot off the pedal because I would say, oh, but I reached that goal. So I wouldn't set another goal and I wouldn't push harder to keep going or I wouldn't set the goal of even set the goal of maintaining what I had got if if I didn't necessarily feel like I wanted to improve anymore I wouldn't even decide to set the goal of maintaining what I had it would always just fall back to oh but I deserve this because I've done so well or I reached my goal so I can have this now and I think when you start to think like that it's bordering into that diet mentality, Matt, that we always speak about, mm-hmm. where you're always, you're reaching for something, but then as soon as you get it, then you quote unquote, go back to normal um, of what you were eating before. So that for me has always been a big struggle, um, staying on track. I know, you, Matt, you've seen me go through this over the years. Yep. And it's uh, it's really frustrating and it can be it can be really hard to admit that you've gone backwards. And as I said, I've done it several times, so I've had to acknowledge it over and over again when I've when I've messed up. But that can be one of the hardest things with complacency is when you allow yourself to to go backwards, having to acknowledge that. And well, it might not always be allow yourself to go backwards. You may it, it, things just may start to slip without you noticing. That is also true. That did off, often happen, which was that a lot of my bad habits would come back obviously without me noticing because if I had, I think it often happens without you noticing because if you noticed, you would you would try to stop. Address it. Yeah, you would try to address it earlier so it didn't, you know, it didn't allow you to sort of get to the point where you're, you were gaining weight again mm. sort of thing. So I think most of it happens without you really knowing it. And by the time you sort of pick up on what's happened, you have gained weight again. And then for a lot of people, I know for me, it was the embarrassment then comes in that you're embarrassed about, you were so excited and, and about what you had done and you'd you know lost this weight or you'd lost this many dress sizes. And the embarrassment to then have to say that you've put weight back on you know, it, it's just not a it not not a nice feeling. But until you can, until for me, until I could address it and say, "Look, I've I've messed up, and I need to get my shit together again, and I know what to do, and I just need to focus and do it." Uh, until I could acknowledge that, it was never going to fix. It was never going to be fixed. So you just go in this this bad cycle then and then that and then that can lead into emotional eating because then you're upset with yourself because of you know you feel embarrassed about what you've done so it can really sort of spiral out of control if it's not addressed I think what do you think Matt honestly you pretty much hit a hole in one on that yeah so yeah definitely for me in in terms of addressing it it has just been something I've had to learn the hard way so how do you do it so when I f- figured out what I had done, so as, as you said, Matt, a lot of the time it happens unconsciously and that is the first time, well, most of the times it happens, has happened to me over the years, it has happened unconsciously. And so it's just addressing why it happened, what allowed, like what changed for that to happen. So 
you know, it could have been a trigger that something in my life had changed or just it could just be in terms of literally not focusing on what I was doing. Um, There's some sort of trigger that allows that to take place and it's just focusing on how it happened and then it's just working on those habits again to address it and really just being honest with myself by saying, you know what, yeah, I stuffed up. There's nothing I can do about it now. I can't go back in time and change it. I can just try to fix it now. I think that that's the first time it ever happened to me. That was the one thing that really held me back from fixing it for quite a while. I wasted a lot of time because I just wasn't able to admit that I had made the mistake and Mm. I had stuffed up and that I just needed to own it and I couldn't go back and change it and I just needed to move on and fix it. Wow. Yeah. That. <laughs> yep. I don't need to say a bloody thing. Okay. <laughs> you've uh, you've crushed it. All right. Well, we'll move right along then to point number five. I think we do, which is... <laughs> I don't have the list in front of me. Matt does. That's why I'm asking him what point number five is. And now he's clearly laughing. And not, I don't know why. <laughs> not recording data. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be quiet now. No wonder he's laughing. This is by far... The worst habit I have had over the years. So people say, what's your worst habit? And people expect me to say, you know, emotional eating. Or they expect me to say the complacency. And they are really bad habits that I've had, don't get me wrong. But by far, the single worst habit I have had over my years is recording data. And not recording training data. Recording training data is easy. And it's easy for basically everyone because you do it while you're at the gym. You you, re, you record what you're doing when you're there. As soon as someone shows you how they want you to record it and as soon as you've got a structured program where, you're, where you know what you're doing every time you walk in the gym, recording your data in the gym is really easy. And it becomes like second nature to me. But recording my food data has always been by far my single worst habit so i started off with Ouch. Matt. Uh, i just strained my neck from nodding my head so much oh. <laughs> hang on i'll just rub it out sorry the comedian over here um i um i he's he wants to really gloat really badly right now and he's actually he's no, I don't, struggling. no I don't. he's struggling no, to stay silent not. because matt and i have had heated conversations over the years about my inability to uh, do this but refusal might be the word (laughs) no I wouldn't say refusal anyway it has definitely been by far my hardest habit to crack I will go through phases of recording it and then it just drops off and then I'll go through phases of recording it and then it drops off so it is something that I am working with Matt now on making sure that I do but it is definitely one of the things that I have really struggled with over the years. Why do you think that is? I just, I've always struggled to find, I think, the right way that suits me to do it. And like whether that's writing it on paper or recording it on the computer. It always used to be hard for me to record it on the computer because I'd never really worked on a computer. So I'd never be on a computer. And then it was always... I would I would carry the notebook around with me and then I just would never think to write my food in it. It was just never crossed my mind when I was in the moment of eating or I'd usually eat and then be off doing something else straight away and I'd always be thinking of other things and I'd never stop to think about the fact that I needed to write down what I had just eaten. And then obviously I would get to the end of the day and that's not ideal to try to remember what you ate at what times because you're always going to get it slightly wrong and your brain has a funny way of omitting bad things you've done during the day wiping it off your memory so you're not going to write it down so you know those couple of lollies that you had at lunchtime because they were on the table or you know those little things that you you, your brain tends to forget about if you wait till the end of the day to write all your food down so 
that then used to become my issue too. So it was always just, I've always found it that I would just literally never think at the time of eating to stop and write my food down. Food for me was always a, um, a thing that I just did and then went off to do something else. It was never, never used to really put too much thought into it. So that's where my mindset or has to change where when I sit down to eat I have to think about what I'm doing I have to think about what I'm eating and I have to write it down and record it why do you think it's important to do this it's massively important to record what you're doing um, so you've got an accurate idea and you can track your progress so you can't make any changes to what you're doing if you if you're only guessing what you've done so in order to be able to make any changes or to be able to make progress because it's always in in any sort of healthy lifestyle in any uh, whenever you're trying to achieve a goal of weight loss there's always going to be little tweaks that have to be made so you know maybe a little bit more of this maybe a little bit less of this and this sort of thing but unless you've got it written down and you can see that what you're doing you can't make little alterations to things you can't see if there's certain foods that make you feel worse than other foods. There's there's no way of tracking that sort of stuff. There's, you know, I could sit here and say that I get seven hours of sleep every night, but I don't because sometimes I go to bed later than I should. So there's no way of tracking that either that, okay, my workout today sucked. Why? You know, is it because I got less sleep last night than, than I usually get? Is it because I added a, some sort of new food into my lunch meals and it just isn't sitting quite well with my, with my tummy and I just don't feel very good? So these are all little things that you can know from tracking your food and making alterations to it to achieve your goal. And you obviously can't make those alterations with any sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conviction, like without having it written down in front of you. Well, it takes away the guesswork. Yeah. And and you know this because when you have done it, it's been pretty easy to to monitor and adjust things and speed things up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what's the plan to get over it? Well, I have now got a handy-dandy app on my phone that I record my food into. And what is that handy-dandy app? That is our handy dandy app. Damn right it is. <laughs> our handy dandy app uh, for our online program is on my phone. So now I can just go in there and I can, after every meal, I can put in, just quickly type in what I ate, of what time I ate, and then just save it. And then there's no guessing when it comes to the end of the day and I'm having to try to remember everything that I ate and drank at what times across the whole day. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's a lot easier to do it that way. So it's on my phone and it's all about, for me as well, it's just about changing my mindset to not just eat unconsciously. So I'm eating and thinking of it like or everything else that I've got to get done during the day or what's next. It's trying to sit down and eat and just think, focus on one thing, which is just eating my food and I'm going to write it down and then I can think about the rest of the day. So would you also agree that it was a very thoughtful person that showed you how to do that? Yes. And really knocked it out of the park with a great idea to help you overcome that? Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> it was Matt's idea to put the app on my phone. So yes, good <clears throat> idea, Matt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a sort of habit though, like any other habits that have been a real big problem for really long time I don't expect myself to be perfect at it straight away but that's why as well I've got to change the way I think about it not just rely on the fact well I've got the app on my phone now it'll just be easy to do it's still not going to be easy for me to do if it was if it was easy I would have done it by now and mm. I would have hit the nail on the head and and um and got this down pat by now. So it's still not going to be easy for me to do. So it's something that I still have to be conscious of. And I still have to be wary when I do eat. Just to be mindful of what I'm doing. And recording it. And being in that moment. And not think about everything else. 
my sort of two cents before we move on is that I've noticed over the years working with a lot of people that there is a, a common denominator where you've got people who may start with a pretty good result and then get a plateau. There's also no data to go with it. So you can't make any adjustments. Yeah. So for a lot of people, especially overweight people first starting, it's honestly not that hard to to start to lose weight. Um, when you, you know, for, for someone like me, you know, coaching someone, it's not too hard. Um, it's almost like for a lot of people to not lose weight doing it the right way, you almost have to deliberately try to fuck it up. Yeah. So it's not too hard to to have someone drop drop quite a few kilos or a few dress sizes early on. But there is such a thing as diminishing returns. And anyone who's lost a lot of weight will know this, where you you probably get 80% of your results doing 20% of the work and then it flips over. Mm. And all of a sudden, to get that last 20%, it's 80% of the work. And I've just noticed over the years that I can trace a line between people who plateau and a lack of data, data. to make any sort mm. of educated changes. Yeah, absolutely. With. So I... I'm not going to say anything else on that because I think you've, once again, hit the nail on the head. Perfect. So I think we uh, move on to the next one. Yes. Which is one that I will uh, sort of yell about a lot. Noise. Yes. Take it away. Yes. There's a lot of noise in the health and fitness industry. No. We have spoken about this a lot, but also... You did a whole episode on it. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to touch on this one, which is always... Which has been a, a bit of a struggle for me, not as much as I've seen in clients as well. Clients, I've, I've seen struggle with this a lot more, but I want to put it in because it has been a struggle, but I know it affects a lot of people. So listening to noise in term, to me means listening to being confused about there's a lot of advertising around a lot of different diets. Every celebrity underneath the sun now promotes a different sort of detox or diet or whatever they're on some sort of thing for this month gimmick they're 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 pushing some sort of protein powder supplement or meal replacement supplement or they're they're pushing some sort of uh pre-made meals um company or you know they're always pushing something and so we're surrounded by it now especially with social media advertising we are absolutely surrounded by it and these these the health and fitness market is massive there is so much money in this market that of course these companies these they latch onto these celebrities and they are going to pay them copious amounts of money to say that they use their product there's also a lot of conflicting information correct that sounds uh convincing until you read, you read the next convincing article or watch the next convincing YouTube video, that sounds just as believable but says the opposite. Correct. So there'll be an article that says why you should detox <laughs> and why it's great for you to detox. Why carbs make you fat, and then why you shouldn't be, lift yeah. heavy weights, why you should avoid Cut having too sugar. much protein. Uh, don't just, have fruit. Yeah. Don't have fruit, makes you fat. Too much don't sugar. Have, yeah, too much sugar and fruit. Um, don't have dairy. Don't do weights. I make you big and bulky. Yeah, don't, don't have don't have carbs. Um, just cardio. Or or have nothing but carbs. Uh, don't have any fat. Or just smash the bacon and have all fat. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of things out there. So cut out a all lot red of foods. So this cut is, out all green <laughs> foods. So this is what I mean. Do five workouts a day. Well, this is what we can't, we clearly both mean by hey, saying Hey, look over here. Noise. Look at my gimmick. Look. <laughs> Seven day shred. Buy this. Here's my four week challenge. Yes. So these How marketing companies, off? because there's so much money in the health and fitness area, these marketing companies have got really, really good at knowing how to market their products and how to sell them. And they don't give a shit if they work or not. Of course, they don't give a rat's ass no. about people's results. They don't care whether it works or not. They care about whether they're going to make their money. Cha-ching. So this is where it gets really confusing for the everyday person to say, okay, well, what, what to try next? How do I sort this bullshit out? And everything seems to be either 28 days, which is, I think, the new it thing at the moment. Everything's friggin' 28 days. Uh, I would say I would say six weeks and under. 
Yeah, oh yeah, six weeks, four weeks, get abs in two weeks, all this sort of crap that so, you can that right, you look, can read. Look, we can yell about this all day. How has this affected you? It, it basically affected me because when I first started and I first met Matt, I was really apprehensive about lifting weights. So Matt you never was, told me that. Matt was really upfront with me when we first met in saying, this is what you're going to do. Here's the deal, love. This is roughly how long it's going to take, which was obviously a lot longer than I had wanted it to hint, be. Hint, longer than a month. Correct. Um, and he was really upfront with me and said, most of your training is going to be weight training. And he said, have you ever done weight training before? No, no, I had not. And I was a little bit concerned in the back of my mind thinking, okay, what is this going to mean? Like, what is this? Because when you've never really done it before, you've never done a structured weight training program before, you've really got all these different things flying through your head thinking, oh my God, what am I going to be doing? And all that you can imagine is like pictures that you've seen of 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 power lifters or you know pictures that you've seen of bodybuilders and all this sort of stuff is flying through your mind because you really have no reference um you have no idea what it's going to be like or what it's going to do for you so all I could do was take his word for it that it was going to be the best thing for me and then over time I obviously learnt why it was the best thing for me and what it was going to do for my body shape and how it was going to speed up fat loss and, and all the benefits that come along with lifting weights. And once I started to do it, I loved it. Straight away, loved it. Compared to cardio, God, I would have lifted weights every day if I didn't have to do cardio. But, it, you know, again, that we could all just go back to talking about then how much in the end I really don't like working out. But anyway, um, we, <laughs> we can get sidetracked. But I, yeah, I was apprehensive when I first started to lift weights because I didn't know what that meant. And as I said, you got all these different, th- you know, images going through your mind about people always used to say only bodybuilders lifted weights and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And when I first started with Matt, there wasn't as much as you see now on social media, I don't think. You might remember... Matt, you got a better memory than I do. But there wasn't as much as you see now. There wasn't, you know, the Kardashians putting up their their lifting weights videos on social media. Oh, that's because social media now is even bigger. It was that's bigger it than when, more, when we, we first there. met. But so, there so wasn't as much is, as that stuff going around. Well, more to people give you is reference. more noise. Yeah. So I really had no idea. Um, and then obviously you always – I was always – you grow up and you're told, eat less, eat less, eat less. That was probably my biggest noise. More cardio, less food? Eat less, eat less is how you lose weight. Work out more, eat less, eat less. And that's what I always tried to do was to limit my intake of food, which clearly wasn't working for me because I would get so hungry, I would just snack on garbage. And you were still fat. And I was still fat. So, And then what I would try to do is people would say, only try to eat three meals a day. So I would only try to eat three meals a day, but I would just eat three massive meals a day. So they never said that I couldn't have a big meal. So I would go and I would have lunch and I would have a foot long sub at Subway mm-hmm. with cookies afterwards because it was... They are quite nice, those Subway they're delicious. cookies, aren't they? But that was still in one meal, you know what I mean? So it was always listening to that noise about I only have three meals and then I'd have three meals, but I was overeating on those three, three meals. Epic meals and I was eating junk food. Really? I was eating fast food on those three meals. And then there would be, we'll just eat less, but then I would be hungry. So then I would snack throughout the day, which I didn't think was right either. So there was never, I could never really understand what I was supposed to do. And I think that that was always the noise for me. I never tried a lot of different diets. They never really worked for me because most of the diets back when I was growing up involved depriving yourself of a lot of food. Oh, nothing's changed. <laughs> and I could never do that. So I just would never even try because I knew I couldn't do that. Like I just knew I wouldn't be able to do that. So I never even tried them really. But yeah, so so growing up, there was a bit of noise there, but I know this affects a lot more people now, especially because, I mean, when I was growing up, there was no, there wasn't even social media really until I hit my, God, 
when did Facebook come in? 2006, 2007? Yeah, when I finished high school. But also it's just a population thing. So there's more PTs now, more gyms, uh, more people on social media. So as a result, there's more noise. Mm. So the, the actual weight loss slash health and fitness industry is not getting smaller. It only continues to get bigger, yet the population continues to get fatter. Yeah. So something's up. But also, you know, a lot of people are confused. Yeah. So how else did this affect you? The listening to noise. Mm. I think that that the, the one other way where, way that I think listening to noise affects a lot of people is when no, how did it affect you? Well, let me finish. I think that it doesn't always come from media or social media or advertising, all this sort of stuff. It sometimes comes from the people just around you. Distractions. So there's distractions constantly around you. So you might have a family member who starts a meal replacement shake uh, diet and then starts to lose all this weight and it can be quite challenging because then everyone's saying to this, this family member, oh my God, you look fantastic. You've lost all this weight. In five minutes. Meanwhile, you're there grinding and working your ass off and no one's noticing shit. And that can be really disheartening. And then you start to think to yourself, hang on a second, am I, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing what that person's doing? So it can also be just noise in your, in your circle of friends and family members. You might have, I've, you know, you can have people that will make comments. I had people in my circle make comments when I first started and they weren't aimed to be nasty comments. They were just comments like, oh, you eat a lot of food. You know, or oh, hmm. you eating again, sort of thing. Because obviously, I was trying to increase my metabolism by having meals throughout the day rather than trying to limit my food intake. And they weren't saying those things to be nasty, but I, I did stop sometimes to think to myself, "Hang on a second, <laughs> what?" And I could have taken it that way. I could have been really disheartened by that and stopped what I was doing. Um, luckily I didn't and I just took it as them being uneducated about what I was doing and that was fine that they, I wasn't going to waste my time going through it with them. And so I just took it on my chin and just let it go. And those same people got to the stage where they would be saying to me after a while, oh, isn't it time for you to eat now? Cause they, they just got used to what I was doing and it wasn't a problem for them and they would notice actually if I wasn't eating when I was usually would be eating and things like that. So I know that when you first start, those sort of little comments, you can, especially when you're, you know, often you're vulnerable and you're, you're not confident, it can, you can take it and it can be quite derailing to a lot of people. Luckily, it wasn't for me. As I said, I took it for what it was. I just really ignored it. And it was fine, but I know for some people it can be quite derailing. I know that if you've got certain family members or friends doing different diets and they're getting all these great results, that can be really derailing for a lot of people, you know, having that noise in your ear for them saying, oh, what I'm doing, this diet I'm doing is really great and I've lost all of this weight and blah, 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 you should do this, don't know why you're wasting your time with that. That sort of stuff can be really... Distracting. Distracting. Yes. Thank you. So that's often where as well, the noise can come from a lot closer to home. It doesn't always just come from advertising and social media. It can come from right around you too. And you really just need to switch off, put your, put your blinders on and you just have to say, no, I'm doing this and I'm going to see it through. And that's what I did. And luckily I just shut out everything that everyone had to say because you know everyone's got an opinion on everything so people will give their opinions but I just shut it all off and I just said no I've said I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it and see what happens so what do you think gave you the sort of I guess you'd say willpower to do that to be able to, sh to shut things off and go no I'm going to stick with this I think the more I got into it the more educated I got about what I was doing and then I think with with knowledge, you know, they say with knowledge comes power, with information comes power. And I think for me, that was definitely true. So once I 
started with you, Matt, and I started learning about the right ways of eating and why. What do you mean the right ways of eating? Well, increasing your metabolism, not eating less is worse for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, lifting weights and doing weight training to increase your muscle mass, which in turn allows you to burn more energy and, you know, all the benefits that come along with weight training. I think once I had the knowledge, those little comments, they they were easily brushed off because I knew the person making the comments didn't know what I knew. They didn't have the knowledge that I had. So it was it was easier for me to just say, well, you don't know. So don't worry about it. And I was not in the mood at those early stages to be talking to people about it because I was very much in my own bubble just say, well, you don't know and I can't be bothered in explaining it to you. So go away sort of thing. In my mind, that's what it was about. And I think as I went along, it was easier and easier. But I mean, you always have those moments where you second guess yourself, you know, when you've got, especially when you've got family members or close friends that are doing certain diets and they're losing all of this weight really quickly. And then of course the, the, the the thing does go through your head to say, Oh, hang on a second. Am I missing something here? But then you look into it and I look into the information. It's all about the information. And I think too often we're too easily swayed on images and things like that. And we don't actually take the time to look into the information around it. And once I looked into the information around it, I knew what the diet that they were doing was not going to be sustainable and was not healthy. And then it was very easy for me to switch that question mark in my head off again. Hmm. That's it. Which I think is a good segue into the last one. Yeah. Because this one plays off noise quite well. Comparing yourself to others. Yeah, I, I, I thought about putting these two together and then I thought, no, we'll keep them separate because... Comparing yourself to others could be considered noise, but I wanted to keep it separate because this has been sort of a bigger problem for me than than listening to noise related to different diets and what I was doing compared to other people and, and things like that. Comparing myself to others has always been an issue for me in terms of looking at people at what on social media, things like that. And I think with the rise of social media, this has become worse and worse for a lot of people. You see an image of someone and you think that that's real life. And it's, it's like your brain tricks you to say, oh, well, that just must be her. But you don't see all the behind the scenes stuff. You don't see that she that, that girl might have taken 100 photos to get that one good photo to post on her social media. Probably did. That she might have had extra lighting or things involved to be able to get that one really good shot that she wanted to put up on her social media. I've, I've known people that, that film themselves in different poses and then they'll go through the film and snapshot the pose that they want to take. Instead of taking a hundred different photos, they'll just film themselves and then they'll just pause it where they like it and then they'll snapshot that and then they'll post that. So it's which not... Which is smart. Which is a smart thing to do, but that... That's what they do now. In in beforehand, before people started to do that, it was literally you used to take a hundred different photos until you got the photo that made you look good, that didn't make your chin look like it was like doubled in size, <laughs> or you didn't have a shadow on your arm that made it look funny, or you your your belly was sucked in enough that it didn't look like you were trying too hard to suck in your belly so your collarbones have gone all hollow because your neck's gone funny because you're sucking in your breath so hard. Um, you know, it's like, Whoa. it's all, it's an art. There's an art to it, seriously. There's some people that put their legs forward and then they lean backwards. So, so their body looks longer if they lean backwards. Um, it, it's everyone has their different way of posting photos on social media, but I think that now I can look at people's photos and see them for what they are. But in the past years ago, I was really caught up with the whole thing. Like, oh, why don't I look like her yet? You know, what's she doing that I'm not doing? You know, um, not as many years ago as it might sound. So there was there was so many things that I would look at, 
like, oh, I want to have her arms. I would compare my body to other people's bodies. I would compare what I've done in the time frame to other people and how, you know, you don't know whether they've done what they've done in the time frame they've said, but I would believe it. I would believe everything that was written. Everything that I saw written on social media, I would believe it. And I would believe that that girl used to look like that and she's she's now looks like this because she drank that protein powder every day, you know, that she has in her hand in the photo. But I would believe everything that that was written and every photo that was on there. And I can really derail what you're trying to do and you can lose focus on even what your own goals are in the first place. So you get so caught up on looking at other people and what they're doing and how they're doing it that you forget what you're supposed to be doing and what your initial goal was even in the first place, which is the whole reason you started doing this. So that has happened to me in the past and it's been something that I've had to really um, work on and make sure that when I'm looking on social media, because I obviously can't completely shut down social media, our business is on social media, but now I've got to the stage where I can look at photos that I can see them for what they are. And I think once you get to a stage where you can see photos for what they are, it, it becomes a lot easier to look at social media in a whole different way. I think it's also what's helped you there is just experience of going through this whole thing yourself. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But you're always going to have those people and whether it is on social media or it's just people close to you that are doing something similar maybe they've got like a similar goal or they're trying to lose weight too it's really easy to get caught up in comparing yourself to them comparing yourself to other people comparing your results to their results and it can be really dangerous because as we've always say you don't live with that person you don't know what they're doing you don't know what they're eating they could be doing a whole different thing to you they could be someone who has never been overweight in their life that has just managed to go from you know a size 12 to a size 10 but they've never dieted they've never had bad eating habits in their past and they've managed to do that in a short period of time well that's realistic for them but you can't compare that when you're someone sitting here who's had maybe a decade or two of treating your body badly with food dieting um yo-yoing it's going to affect your metabolism, which then affects how long it takes to get certain results. It's just the way that it is. So, you know, I couldn't sit there as, you know, someone, you, you can't sit there as someone who's, say, 40 and compare yourself to someone who's 20. That doesn't work either. So it's really being able to look at photos and look at people around you with a whole new clarity without sort of... Um, Getting your life combined with somebody else's. You sort of end up twisting your life and your goals and your journey and you combine that with other people's and you just need to keep really clear about why you're doing it, what your goal is, why you started in the first place and what you're doing. Why you're doing it, very well said. Mm. I think a lot of the time is people, when they start comparing themselves to other people and it starts to become an obsession, you forget all of those things. Yeah, that, that's also one of a number of reasons why having a strong reason to change is so important because it gives you focus and clarity. Yeah. And I think that also makes it easier to block out the noise mm. and avoid unnecessary comparisons to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, sometimes they happen. Um, and it's just a matter of having some perspective and to be able to stand back and just be able to have that perspective by looking at what they're, what you're comparing yourself to and being able to really pick it apart and say, no, this is wrong because of this, 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 and this. Mm. I think a lot of the time in those sort of um, instances, we lose a lot of our perspective on those sort of things. So, hmm. Any other sort of comments you want to add to that one before we move on? No, I think I think that's it. That's a wrap. I think I've spoken for long enough on that. I hope that's helped anyway. Those, as I said, those uh, four today combined with the three last week, uh, yeah, a list of the 
the things that I think that I've struggled with the most over my journey. And as I've spoken about, some of them I still struggle with. So, Do you think, question for you, mm. do you think these things you've been speaking about over the last uh, eight and a half hours uh, <laughs> between last week and this week, would would you say that some of them have come along along the way where that it's not yeah. like all from the start? Yep, 100%. Elaborate. Well, um, looking at the list. We know I hate working out. It's the early one. The early one, definitely I hate working out. Emotional eating was there from the beginning. I don't. I didn't notice. Proximity eating might have been there from the beginning. I didn't notice it. I didn't feel, have any idea that I did it until I started my journey. Um, complacency, I would have had no idea that that <laughs> you have to get was a result a thing. Be yeah, you've got to, you've got to actually start. And to that point, I hadn't actually started anything worth talking about. So it was, yeah, that one definitely started as I went along. Uh, not recording data, I would not. If you'd asked me before we started, matter whether I had a problem with it, I would have thought that I wouldn't. But clearly, it's been a big problem, the biggest problem that I've had. Um, listening to noise has always been an issue. And comparing myself to others, looking back on it now, has always been an issue because before I started, it was a very, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I wasn't a very confident person. So when you think you're low on confidence, you often do compare yourself to other people. And mm. you listen to noise that you shouldn't listen to. So I must confess, I'm a little bit guilty on that one of leading the witness uh, because the point I was sort of getting towards was that I think, I personally think, and tell me what you think with this one there, wife. I think as you go through this, that you may think to yourself, oh, I'm going to get rid of all my problems. Actually, you're going to inherit new ones. Yes. That you only get through progress. So can I use an analogy that will make you roll your eyes? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's like going through different levels of a video game. Oh, God. And you're just going to be facing new and harder bosses at the end of each level. Does that make sense, though? Yeah, it does. Yeah. You always pick up new things about yourself along the way. We've got clients that have been doing this for years. And they learn new, they face new problems that they only face because they've progressed so much. Correct. And their things start to become clearer, actually, as you go along. So you, even though you might face new problems, those problems develop and you see them clearer than you well, would have you, at the start. You definitely do get better at dealing with them. Yeah, you get better at dealing with them, but I think you also get better at identifying them. Mm. So you, I get better at just you yourself being able to identify them without having a trainer or a coach say, okay, do you notice that there's a there's a habit here? There's a problem here. Um, you yourself are able to see a lot of these habits and problems. So you get clarity on being able to see them and you get clarity on trying to overcome them as well. So... Even though, yes, I totally agree, Matt, you do often, things will always come up. Habits often always come up. I mean, we've been doing this for years and we still have habits that come up. Everyone does. Everyone does. And you're always going to have them. And that, well, in the end, isn't that what an actual transformation is about? It's not about how much weight can I lose in, in set amount of time. Uh, it, it, in the end, it comes down to the ability to reprogram and change habits from negative to positive. Correct. And I think also it's just part of living to have negative and positive habits. What do you mean? So it's just part of life. You're always going to have certain habits that aren't good for you. What's human nature? And habits that are good for you. And as soon as you feel like you've got your head around that and you've sort of developed these bad habits into good ones, suddenly up pops a couple of new habits well, that have just developed. So sometimes also, they um, do. There's also that tipping point where you sort of change slash develop enough good habits where you start to get a great result and then to keep the result going you know gradually more habits are improved correct and there's some maintenance a lot on a lot of these bad habits too i mean for me i think i spoke about it in last week's episode with the uh proximity eating and the emotional eating yeah. those two things for me are sort of habits that have to involve maintenance they're not the sort of habits that I, I think that you can just switch around into good habits and then be done with it and never have to think about it again. Mm. There's some habits that you are able to control in a good way, but they involve maintenance long-term because they are ones that could easily switch back on if you allowed them to. And also, I mean, in the end, us as trainers, that's why we don't work 
with our clients for anything less than 12 months. Yeah. Anything less. If, because just because in the end, you know, you've got to put people in, in a position to succeed. And yeah. we know through, through firsthand experience doing it ourselves and, and doing it with others that anything less than 12 months to me is a setup for failure. Absolutely. Would you agree? Yes. I'm glad you would because I'm correct. Well, I mean, and, and some, some then some clients go away, they do it on their own, then they come back and then they say, I wasn't quite ready. Some people do 12 months with us and they're able to go out on their own and be awesome and continue doing what they're doing. But that's probably a safe minimum for, for most people. 100%. But I think only that, that minimum only gets raised the longer you've sort of been in the hole doing shit. Yes. Diets, over, under, exercise, etc. Yeah. Um, so I think though we'll, we'll sort of put a bow on that because habits will become its own podcast, probably a multi-podcast. Yes, topic. Topic. Uh, so I think now that we've, um, we've covered this, this list extensively, um, we're about three and a half hours into this episode. So <laughs> well done, Courtney. <laughs> is it time for the email, Matt? It is time for the email. Where can we be emailed at? Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. You can send us an email. Otherwise, you can send us a Facebook message through our Facebook page, The Weight Loss Podcast. Uh, cue, the, cue the email music. Oh, diddaloo. <laughs> We've got to upgrade our production. <laughs> uh, okay, pod, yeah, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can email us. Uh, we have an email here from Kim. Hi, Kim. Thanks for sending through your email. Yes, thank you very much, Kim. Hello, guys. My gym is starting a six-week challenge next week. Of course they are. What is an achievable goal to set in that time? They have benchmarking exercises. Mm. Now, I'm going to mention these because they'll form part of my answer. Uh, They have benchmarking exercises, the three-minute row, uh, or as many thrusters as you... Sorry, as... A row, it's like a rowing competition or as many thrusters as you can in three minutes, etc. You know, fitness markers. Yep. They do these benchmarking exercises at the beginning and the end to assess your progress. Mm-hmm. But what would you think is an achievable weight loss goal? I'm probably around 100 kilos, brackets. I've taken your advice and thrown away the scales. And a size 18. And my end goal is to get back into my lovely size 14 clothes. Very good. Of course, I know I can't achieve this in six weeks, but would like to set an achievable goal for this six-week challenge. Our gym also has an in-body scanner at the beginning and the end of the challenge, which measures body fat percentage, um, muscle mass, etc. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. So, Courtney, how much weight can you lose in six weeks? I'll let you answer this one. After you. <laughs> I think it's good, Kim, that you've got a, a solid goal. And I think that it's good that you know that you're not going to reach that goal in six weeks because six weeks is a really short period of time. Here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, but there's a good chance that you lose nothing in that six weeks. Why is that? Because the six weeks, if you're, if whenever you start something new, you've got to give yourself time to adjust to what you're doing. So you've got to look at everything. It's not just what you're doing in the gym. So are you shopping and you're prepping and you've got f- good food in the fridge ready to have? It's have you got a good idea of the nutrition as well as you've got a structured exercise program. You're not just walking into the gym doing whatever you want. Willy nilly, are you recording what you're doing? These sort of these sort of things, these sort of things when you start something new, they usually take a few weeks to at least get started, get get worked in. Um, are you how many times a day you are you eating? You know, some people that are eating three times a day, they might use the first six weeks just to increase their meal intake to four times a day. So there's a lot of things that go into it and six weeks is really not a very long period of time. So yeah, Matt, you can go. 
I don't think I'm making much sense. I think the best uh, the best goal to set that's achievable for a six week challenge is just to turn up. Mm. Is to turn up and do workouts because a six week challenge right from the outset tells you the focus is all wrong. Now I'm not saying it's from you, Kim. It's from the fucking gym. Yeah. So typical stock standard bullshit that these fucking gyms do run these six week challenges. And they have benchmarking exercises that are related to just fitness levels. Yet people are doing this to lose weight. And as we've spoken about, fitness and fat loss are often two different things. So the benchmarking is about a whack. So me personally, an achievable weight loss goal in six weeks, honestly, it doesn't matter. Long term, it's not going to have an effect because the first thing I think of is, we just spoke about habits. Courtney, what habits can you learn in six weeks? You may have the, in my opinion, you may have the habit of hitting your scheduled exercise routine. I was about to say, you might just set a scheduled exercise routine and then start hitting it. I honestly think, I honestly think for a six week challenge, turning up is a good goal. Absolutely. Given the amount of people that flake out of these things and for some reason, for some ways it's understandable why, but just turning up to your exercise sessions is is a good goal to begin with. But honestly, no skills will be learnt that are lifelong in six weeks. No habits will be learnt. Um, it's, it's, if we're talking about weight loss as a 1,000-page book, a six-week challenge is a sentence and a half. I think that you should really just use this six weeks as what, you just, what Matt just said, which is... Turn up. Turn up, start to get some structure within your workouts. and it, Well, there's another question, isn't it? What, what's the workout structure they give in this challenge? Is, oh, I, I, have you got to do their, their workouts? Well, okay. You, Courtney, do you know much about how often commercial gyms run challenges? No. Okay. Generally, I mean, I'm open to being uh, corrected here, Kim, but I'm also open to being told that I'm right. <laughs> <clears throat> Just saying. In my experience with these big commercial gyms, they run these challenges where you've got a six-week period and they may even um, have a trainer to take you through sessions. But you have a set amount of sessions you need to hit per week. So X amount of group fitness sessions or X amount of weight training sessions or usually a combination uh, therein. And quite often with these six-week challenges as well, they will also give you a meal plan. Uh, Courtney, what do you think about meal plans? They don't work. Thanks. Okay. Um, They'll give you a meal plan, which from the ones I've seen given to me by clients that have bounced out of these things usually involve um, heavy amounts of calorie counting, uh, restrictions, you know, the usual fun stuff. Mm. And it's pretty much the whole process from the gym is, righto, who can lose the most amount of weight in six weeks? You will win some sort of prize. Yeah. Which honestly for most of them is all the weight back plus more. Mm. Congratulations. Um, how does... So the, that's sort of a structure for a challenge. My... Guess would be this is along those lines because they're also doing um, doing the in-body scanner, which is a composition yeah. measuring device. Um, our gym does it every now and then, you yeah. may have noticed. Uh, tells me that the focus is purely on how much can these people lose in the shortest time possible because, yes, it's good marketing material. But long-term, what, what's it going to give? So... Um, Basically, what I'm saying here, Kim, is that I can't answer your question because um, the fact that the gym's doing this just shits me off. <laughs> I would you, definitely, if you want to use this six weeks, Kim, to use it as a guide to get to the gym, to get yourself there regularly and to set in that sort of foundation moving forward. But um, I definitely wouldn't put any sort of guide on yourself as to what you can do in six weeks other than to start setting routines for yourself to move long term. Can I give some insight from our perspective as trainers? Mm. So Courtney and I, we mentioned before that with the clients that we work with, we don't sign them up for anything less than 12 months. Yeah. 12 months versus six weeks. I'll leave that one alone just to, to, to think about that. Part of the reason why we have a minimum sign-up for clients with us of 12 months is because Courtney and I both know, and back me up on this one, the first three months for most people is a complete write-off. It's a complete write-off because you're learning a new routine in the gym, you're learning a new routine or trying to learn a new routine at home or implementing it at work. And I would say for 99% of clients that we've ever worked with, the first three months 
you can pretty much write that shit off and yeah. just and just see what they learn from it before you start to really pick the game up in subsequent programs. Would you agree with that? 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, Courtney, you were the exception to the rule. Your first program was outstanding. But yeah. I think as, you, as you've seen now, because you've now been a PT for just about four years, you've now seen that your first program being a ripper was the exception. Yeah, correct. Not the rule. Correct. But then I, I got complacent and then did nothing for my, no, but, but still, for my next six months after that. So, But the point yeah. I'm making here, though, is that your first program was a ball terror. Yes. And you got a really good result and you implemented stuff pretty quickly. But how often do you see that happen? Very rarely. It's very, very rare does that happen. So, yeah, absolutely. Use use the six-week sort of benchmark would do nothing other than to be setting yourself up for the future in terms of setting uh, structure in place. I'd make it an exercise-based goal in terms of having a routine that you can sustain and turn up to because honestly, anything else... For anyone that's struggled with their weight for a long period of time, you ain't doing shit in six weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that helped. Probably not. <laughs> yes, I hope the whole podcast has helped. And again, you can reach us through Facebook. Right. Our Facebook page is The Weight Loss Podcast or our email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Kim, I would encourage you to monitor everything that is being done through this challenge. And I would invite you... To email us again, podcast at the weightlosspodcast.com, with the details of exactly how this challenge works, because myself having a lot of experience in these big gyms, just for my personal interest, would like to know. And I would also invite you, Kim, to you know, measure uh, and monitor what happens with this and give us your impressions at the end. Mm. Yeah, good idea. All right, well, I think that that is a wrap. We've taken wrap. up enough of your time. Yes, you have. <laughs> And we will see you all next week. Yeah, hope you got something out of this. Uh, If not, well, stiff shit. You've made it this far, sucked in. Okay, bye. bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.